Hello guys, welcome to Scrubs and Stories podcast where we will be bringing you through the incredible journey of nursing and through interviews and experiences. We will also be exploring so many challenges and triumphs or gains or successes of our nurses. And my name is Agnes and my co-host is... My name is Ruth. Oh, how was your week? My week was not too bad. How yeah. about yours? My week was not too bad as well. I am also, I'm still trying to learn because yeah. I'm in a new department. So that, that's how it has been, to be honest. So today's topic, we're just going to um, introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. Say what we are, what we do, where we work, and what brings us to nursing. Yeah. Why we've chose this um, profession. Yeah. So I'll start by asking you like a few questions. No like, um, so what makes you do nursing? Uh, to be honest, uh, since I was a child, I knew I wanted to be uh, to be working in a hospital mm. or in the healthcare industry. Mm. This is only because I am from Kenya to start with, mm. uh, and I've uh, done my studies in Kenya and practiced a little bit in Kenya. So this is because in Kenya back then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, most of the doctors, nurses, used to wear like white lab coats, and I used to find that very fancy. So I really wanted to just be dressing like them. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what it all entailed. So that's mm. what I really wanted. And a bit of background kind of story is my mom's family side. Most have like three or four of them are medics. Mm -hmm. So through that, they could talk me into what they were doing every day. Sometimes I would get a chance to visit them. Mm -hmm. So that's where the little spark of being a a healthcare professional started. I didn't really know what what I will be. And then... Growing up, I had a situation with my hand where I had a tendon problem and I had to go in for surgery. Mm -hmm. I think I was about 13, maybe 13, 14 years there. So when I went, I didn't know that the nurses who were taking care of me were students to begin with, Mm -hmm. but I really loved the way they were doing things, the way they looked like they know their stuff, you know, the way I used to ask them questions and they have ready answers. I really admired that, and they were very professional as well. Um, And then on going on, and I did my high school studies Mm -hmm. back home, then after I finished high school, now that's where I think that I started living my mom's dream. <laughs> she wanted she wanted me to be I didn't know all this time, yeah. but she wanted me to become maybe a doctor actually. Mm-hmm. But I ended up choosing nursing because she gave me two options. Do you want to become a doctor or a nurse? And mm-hmm. I ended up choosing to become a nurse. Of course, mm-hmm. along the way I had interacted with many more nurses mm-hmm. because I think from from when I was a, like a little girl, uh, finding out information has just been part of me. I really like knowing mm-hmm. from when I was a little girl to just have like an informed decision. So yeah. over time I was talking to people, I was talking to my aunts, yeah. and two of my aunts got a chance to go abroad to the USM. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe that as well sealed the deal for me. <laughs> Because I've always wanted to practice abroad, abroad yeah, uh, yeah. just for diversity. Yeah, so that's how I ended up becoming a nurse. 
Nice. And yeah. now you're here with us. Ah, uh, so yeah, that's another story how and I we got here. <laughs> Thank you. So how I got here. Um so I finished nursing back in 2017. Mm -hmm. In Kenya we have like an internship period. That's how we call it. You have your license or what in the UK we refer to as a PIN. Mm -hmm. PIN number, yeah. PIN number, yeah. So in Kenya we call it like a nursing license yeah. that allows you to practice. Mm -hmm. But the government actually places you in like a full year. It's like a probation period. We would yeah. call it that way i think yeah they they do it while then in uni so it's like a placement yeah we also have placement it's... in uni only that now this time you have already graduated you've left okay. uni and you're doing and you this... have your license legal license yeah. but you're still not put directly to you responsibilities if yeah. you know what i mean they're just nurturing in yeah kind of nurturing you and because i did a bachelor's degree that's a program that uh, degree nurses have mm -hmm. in Kenya I think, yeah. yeah so I had a chance to do that for a whole year and that okay. one year I was practicing you have to go through all the departments oh, because okay. we That's do nice. general yeah. nursing back home That's quite nice. yeah so you have to go to name it all the departments mm -hmm. of a hospital then the extras will be like psychiatry community nursing uh, teaching, you teach the diploma nurses or the certificate nurses, something like that. So by then now, this is where I think is a really nice program, to be honest, because by then you're starting to gauge yourself and knowing which one you like, what, what speciality you like more. Exactly. And where are your strengths as yeah. a nurse? Because, yeah, we've done general nursing, mm. but everyone, there's just that one thing you're good at. So what speciality was your favorite? I think I loved my theater and accident and emergency, emergency yeah. Uh, place uh, let me call it placement yeah. or internship i really loved and i knew that over time that's something i wanna re i want to really go into and specialize mm -hmm. so once i finished that internship i got to work in um the hospital is called Kenyatta National Hospital. Okay. It's like a um, referral hospital for the whole country, like okay. the so, level seven kind of hospital. That's mm -hmm. how we call them. Uh, and I was working in the accident and emergency. So that really equipped me with skills and I'm really grateful for that opportunity. It really equipped me with so many skills yeah. as an accident and emergency nurse. And also... I went through so many trainings mm. in them and that now gave me the confidence of, you know, trying something different, something different because I've always looked to be a very diverse nurse, to be yeah. honest. So, and in that, I had my friends trying the process of coming to the UK and yeah. others going to the USA. Mm. And I decided, why not? So you go through a whole process. I know most people have seen this online yeah. and stuff. So you go through the exams, you pass, and then you apply for the interviews. And luckily... You got it. I got the job. The rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> and now I'm here. <laughs> so that's... That's quite an interesting story. Yeah. Because, um, like, I have a different story. Like, yeah. Although I also, like, as you can tell, I'm not, like, I've... Having, I didn't grow up here, so I originally came from Italy. Yeah, and when I came here, um, originally I was working in retail, mm -hmm. so I worked in retail for like three, two or three years. Yeah, and then when I was back in Italy, what like 
I came here with the purpose that I knew yeah. I was going to do like a degree in nursing. Oh, okay. But what like triggered it was the fact that my grandma was ill. Because oh. my grandma used to live with us back in Italy. Mm -hmm. So my mom used to be a main carer. She used to look after her. Yeah. And occasionally when my mom was busy and stuff like that, mm. I would pop, like help as well, part, take care. Yeah. So that's when I realized that I really wanted to help people with like their illnesses their condition and stuff like that yeah so i was looking like people say so why do you study nursing in italy yeah um in italy when you're studying like nursing there's two things that i looked at you cannot do your degree and at the same time work is really hard oh, okay then uh, unfortunately the the university fee are quite expensive oh. And the third thing is employability. Mm -hmm. So then I looked around and I saw that in the UK, like people had like very good reviews saying that as soon as they finish uni, they immediately find job, you know. Ah, it's and not get, such a good yeah, struggle. It's yeah. not a big struggle to get a job. Mm -hmm. So I spoke with my, my mom. She wasn't happy at first because she, she didn't want me to come here, yeah. you know. And anyway, I came. Came here in 2015. Mm. In 2017, I started my degree. Oh, wow. And uh, it was three years of um, studying um, this nursing degree. It wasn't easy because, mm -hmm. like, you know, coming from a different country, you need to adapt to the weather, you need to adapt to the language. And I always say, like, English is not my <laughs> first language, so I really, really struggled, you yeah. know. And, yeah, but at the end, mm. like, I managed to qualify, you know. Yeah. I passed all my modules, mm. had graduation. And then while I was doing my last placement, I actually got a job offer while I was on my last placement. Ooh, it um, means you are a good student. Oh, try to. <laughs> <laughs> so my last placement was in um, a gastro ward, oh, okay. a surgical gastro ward. So mm -hmm. anything bowels, but, like, um, lower. Mm -hmm. So then I, I I took the job and then it was easy, it was an easier transition because I felt like the staff knew me already. Yeah. Um I built some relationships, some rapport with some people. Mm. I had people that if I needed something like I could go on and ask, you know. Yeah. The team was also a nice team to work with. So yeah, so I worked there from 2021 August. Yeah. Um, till um, let's say 2023 April mm -hmm. and then um, I had a moment one day and you know when you have you you want to do something but you've just left it on the side mm. and it's like it keeps hunting you yeah. so when I was a student I had like two placement in theaters so that's operating theaters yeah and I really love those my placement to mm. be honest I really enjoyed them and Although I'm not, I'm not. I haven't been a, lo a nurse for a long time, but that my passion of working in theatre was always like, it's like always like a bell in my head. Yeah. So then I sat down with um, a lady that I call her like the mother of nursing. Mm. She's really supportive. Yeah. Like if I have something, she works in in my trust. I'll just go to her, speak with her, and she's really supportive. She'll tell me why not, what what makes you think you can't do it. Mm. So I spoke with her, and she was like, okay, let's get you back into theatres then. Yeah. So then we looked around if there were any vacancy in the trust where I'm working mm. as a scrub nurse, which is um, a scrub nurse is someone that is a registered nurse 
that works into theater yeah. that helps the surgeon with the operation, mm. prepares the theater, makes sure there's patient safety upheld and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. And then in April, I moved to theaters. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's new for me as well. Mm. It's a lot of learning, but so far, so good. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. Oh, and guys, fun fact, we are both scrub nurses. <laughs> I also work in the theaters. And should we tell them the secret? Yeah, we work together as well. So. <laughs> yeah, so we might referring to, I'm just saying that because we might referring to very similar kind of experiences yeah. because we are working together. We together. work in the same department. Yes. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so through this podcast, you will mostly hear us referring to like kind of similar experiences. Yeah. Of course, I have other experiences from back home, yeah. uh, but that's uh, just about it. Yeah, so when I moved here as well, I went to work in a surgical ward, yeah. uh, an orthopedic surgical mm-hmm. ward, and I was really trying to because having a like an interest in accident and emergency, emergency. or theatres, you can already tell. Mm-hmm. I'm not a ward person. So <laughs> <laughs> the ward was uh, something that was kind of new for me, even yeah. from back home, because I was working in accident and emergency. emergency. It was a different... Yeah, plus the more reason as to why I wanted to come here is to try and you know, go into the specialities that I really wanted. Mm -hmm. So when I came here and I couldn't get like a trauma, accident and emergency, which is where I have a lot of skills, I thought, why not? Let me go to the other kind of specialty that that I would love. And so I applied for the job in theatres as well. And I moved to the theatres, I think, last year, December. And so far, so good. I really love it. I actually thought, like, why hadn't I started earlier? But to be honest, I find that what you've done is quite courageous because for someone that is, like, being in, like, an A&E department for so long, then you get put onto a ward where the routine is completely different. Different, yeah. you can't like A and E and like wards like they diff like they run the wood differently. They are different, and thank you for raising that because I think that's the other thing uh, we are talking about today, uh, like the experiences of overseas yeah. nurses. Because I think it's not talked about so many times. I would say that because it's a brave decision to actually leave your home. And come to a different country. Exactly, and leave even your family. Yeah. And of course, they, you know, they, they are not really... Because you've done this all on your own. Yeah. Know? I was by myself, and I know so many other nurses yeah. who've come here by themselves, or who've had very young families, mm. and they had to leave them, come to the UK and get away without knowing anyone, without having any kind of relative. That's really brave. Yeah, and you know, you come here, and the other thing you need now to adjust to the world system to the healthcare system let's mm-hmm. just call it healthcare system because it's very different the policies the way you do things the rationale the equipment it's yeah. a whole kind of i will say confusing kind of experience because yeah, you're course, happy yeah. to be honest you're happy that you came and everyone is congratulating you because you made this brave decision and <laughs> and all these things uh, but inside you is basically like a very 
kind of uh, fight within yeah. yourself like did i make the a very good decision did i make an informed decision because you land here mm. with the expectations that you had and when the expectations are not met automatically you go to like a reverting kind of yeah. uh, mentality you're starting to think maybe i made a wrong decision maybe i should mm. go back or maybe i should change to something else and you're in a new country where even seeking information is hard it's hard you don't know people you don't know people and you don't even know who to ask sometimes you have people around you but you don't know who to ask mm. because it's also a very kind of individual experience how you're going yeah. through it as everyone's stories is different yeah. yeah so mine was i would say mine was kind of a struggle to be honest because i came here when it was lockdown oh, yeah. yeah lockdown and when we came in um i when we came in i knew we are going for a quarantine but <laughs> i was so excited of coming that i didn't you really forgot about that part yeah and i think that now uh, will will shed more light to the story i'm about to give the mental bit of it because tell me how i and i think i'll i'll give one interesting story because we are also <laughs> talking about lifestyle i know she might know what i'm saying but to shed light let me let me tell you where my troubles began yeah so the process of coming to the uk <laughs> you have everything ready yes <laughs> and they approve your visa so they called me for my visa on like a tuesday yeah on like a tuesday or a wednesday and they said you can come pick your visa early tomorrow morning which is a Thursday and during that weekend because i had not told people that i was going through this process yeah. because i didn't know what, what to expect yeah. i didn't know if if it's going to go through you know how you do everything but you have a, an interview mm -hmm. you don't know whether you passed or not yeah. yes they told you that you passed but I know the people who are like overseas nurse understand. After you've passed an interview, there is also this huge thing that you need to think, did they approve my visa? Yeah. Did they not? Yeah. You know, that kind of situation. So they approve my visa. I'm so excited. I go for my visa. But at that point, it hits me. I need to go home, tell my parents, oh, guys, by the way. I'm you know, going to the UK I'm tomorrow. Going, I'm going to the UK uh because i was expected by the hospital okay let's say i was expected at heathrow airport on a wednesday on a wednesday on a tuesday the following week so you only got like, you only had like what seven days seven days only and i have to go home i was living in the city and for the kenyans who listening to me i was living in nairobi and mm -hmm. i have to take like a two hour drive back home and i need to go to sit my parents down and tell them you know what guys you know, I'm going. And I'm going next week. Yeah. Not in a month's time. Not it's in next week. week. And they are shocked. Days. They don't know what to do. Also, I haven't done any planning in terms of um, clothes. You know, I, I really don't know. And yeah. good thing I had a friend here. And I called her and I asked, what do I need to carry? Of course, she advised me and I went on to that. Anyway, story moving forward. We booked tickets. <laughs> and I and I wake up very early and then full to my supportive family they did a very beautiful kind of uh, how do you call it send off send off party yeah, send off party and we all uh, stayed in one 
place and my uncle together with my aunt and my mom they drove me to the airport it's 4 a.m ruth and i get to the airport at this point i am i don't know anxious i don't know how to feel i'm excited but you the know uh, kicked in i am time. thinking yeah it's really and i didn't have time that's another thing i want to shed light on like people really need to be very prepared of what you're getting yourself into mm. because i feel like that's where my shock began yeah. so um, at the airport at 4 a.m. I think my plane was around 7 a.m. So I'm at the, uh, there at That's 4 a.m. It's early because, but you know, I don't want to get anything wrong. Really. <laughs> but life <laughs> they has say, a way. I know my sister has a saying that uh, misfortunes don't come single. They yeah. come in a battalion. <laughs> like it's a whole army coming. So I don't know what is awaiting me, Ruth. I go in. I wave goodbye to my mom and my uncle and they leave. Yeah. I'm left at the airport and I start the process very well. I still feel weird, you know. I don't know you how to like feel. like butterflies in your belly. Yeah, but something inside me was telling me, like, something is going to happen. But I didn't know what it was, yeah. to be honest. Anyway, I go in, I do everything, Ruth. I pass through the passport check. I check in my bags. Up to the last gate where they just need to verify my ticket. Mm -hmm. And the lady says, oh, I'm sorry. You cannot board this plane because <laughs> <laughs> your visa has been approved for the 4th of August. And today is 3rd of August. One day. One day. And the thing is, there was that confusion of the visa, but the hospital and the nhs let's say the nhs trust that i was going to had already written like a letter and the agency that was bringing me in there was every right document at the airport to just say that by the time she's getting here it will already be midnight so she will be landing on the 4th do you get me? Yeah. So nothing is going to go wrong. She yeah. will not be entering the country Before the illegally time. because I had like a layover at Qatar, Doha, I think, mm -hmm. for some time and then I can proceed. And I was supposed now to land on the 4th of August mm -hmm. around 2 a.m. Okay. <laughs> but the lady at the airport tells me, oh, I'm sorry because your visa says this. I said, but they have allowed me all through to come up to this stage. Yeah, with all the documents. With all the documents. There are documents. And if you want, we can call my agency. We can do this. Anyway, I have all these documents yeah. with me. So I don't... She said, I'm really sorry. And they started calling. You know how they will do the calling. The last, last call, yeah. And I could hear them calling my name. But can I go? No, the lady is not allowing you to go. Of course. And you know how airports are strict. So... Unfortunate incidents number one. So look at me now, <laughs> going back, rushing, so that my bag is not put on that plane. Yeah, because then you lost, you lose all your things. Exactly. You do you imagine you're losing all your things and you're going <laughs> to, to a, a new, new country can... with nothing, <laughs> with just a pen, just uh, uh, just passport and, and a pen. my nice bag, passport for and. Uh, my my documents, pen, earphones. That's it. I didn't even have a phone charger. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but I didn't have a phone charger. Anyway, uh, jokes aside, I go back, I rush to the immigration office, I explain my situation and I tell them, oh, before we start arguing whether I'm going to get to that plane because they've done the last call, please get my bags out. Yeah. 
and he said oh fine fine i will rush so the guy went rushed and i was waiting i i, I didn't know whether to call anyone at the po- at that point yeah. i just needed my bags then go sit down and then and think like what what will i do you know what's your next action plan and so i get my bags after half an hour the plane is gone and now it's sinking in it's gone i'm still here i'm still in kenya guys <laughs> So I don't know whether to call my mom because if I call my mom I don't know how she's going to receive those news. You know. So I decide uh to call one of my aunts. Mm-hmm. She's she's I think she's our go-to person anytime we have things to sort out anyway and she will not panic and she knows she has a very good way of handling information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I call her and she's like Why are you calling me with a Kenyan number? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, auntie, I'm still at the airport. <laughs> like now we're laughing about this, but I don't think when you were in that stage you you, you can think of laughing. I like, imagine funny enough for me when I have very serious situation I don't cry because my my brain goes into a survival mode mm-hmm. I need to survive this then I'll yeah. think about it later <laughs> anyway I call my auntie and I say to her oh sorry auntie I'm still at the airport she asked me what happened I said it's a long story but they said my visa was approved for the 4th of August but today is that But anyway, I have all the documents and I showed them but they couldn't let me through. Good thing she knows people who knows people so she called someone at the airport and she said my niece is at the airport. Am I niece or nephew niece? Yeah. niece I always yeah. confused. <laughs> I'm so sure I'm not the only one, but we'll, I always we'll, we'll find out in the comments. We'll, Don't worry. Yeah, we'll find out in the comments. Anyway, she says my niece is at the airport. She's stranded. We've already paid plane ticket. She didn't go with that plane. I need the explanation as to why they wouldn't let her. Yeah. And yet she has all the documents showing mm. she's allowed to travel. I even got like a document from our visa office because you know they will lie us with the person who gave you the yeah. certificate of sponsorship and tell them you need this person on this date but you know yeah. we can only approve on this date so mm-hmm. i had like a supportive document I, i to be honest i was kind of ready so i go as uh, she says yeah she's stranded at the airport and i need to know why because she has all the documents and she's not gonna get to Heathrow until 2 a.m. on the 4th. So, so her entry is not illegal yeah. and she has documents even for Qatar Doha. Mm-hmm. Good thing my agency at the time had like she, they had everything ready yeah. stamped everything to just show even in Qatar Doha yeah. that I'm allowed to <laughs> come in. Anyway, uh she manages to get through someone high in the administration and I'm taken to the office so the guy says I'm really sorry for your experience it's only that we've put very strict measures for people but she didn't know and and I said but that's not my problem anyway I'm going to a job you can see my contract yeah and you know the the only reason as to why now we had a panicking situation because it was lockdown Yeah. And we were all going for quarantine. So whenever you came to Heathrow, they had arranged like a bus to take a whole group to a certain NHS yes, yeah. approved hotel yeah. for quarantine. Yeah. So you know how that will mess th- things up because yeah, everyone else in my bunch will get gone. in early 
before me. So will the bus wait for me? Mm. So it's a question of now they have to make other arrangements yeah. for me. For you. You know, and that's cost. That's cost to them, you know what I mean. Anyway, so the manager apologizes and says, okay, we're going to make everything fine for you. You don't have to pay anything. I'll put you on the next available flight. flight. So we settle on Qatar Airways. We do everything because I think the other one I was to travel with was KLM, but KLM needed a transit visa. Oh, I had, okay. like, I didn't have much time yeah, at that point to do that. To yeah. do that. So we settle on Qatar Airways, um, and we do everything. And now it's now their side to transfer. You know how you have an air ticket that is written Kenya Airways, for example, to, transfer to, a different to Qatar, air. because they are doing everything for me because I'm not paying. Mm -hmm. So we are done. I go in now. I even take a nap because I had I had not slept the previous mm. day. We had a party until maybe 2 a.m. I and slept you... only two hours and for uh, actually only one hour. Because you got to travel as well. Back to the airport, uh, to the airport now. So I go have some tea. Uh, I uh, I called someone to come to the airport and I stay with them in the car. Then we go decide to uh, have breakfast yeah. and everything. As I stayed there, my auntie was still calling me. Are you okay? Are you sure you don't want me to come? I said, no, no, no. I have a friend who's coming. It's fine. I'm going to manage. And I said, mm -hmm. she asked me, do you want us to tell mom? I said, no. Let's tell her later. After, after. Let's, let's solve yeah. everything. Maybe when I get to Qatar, Doha. I will tell her. Mm -hmm. So that is the bad situation. Again, number two. We have not informed anyone. Mm, me. <laughs> it's a good thing you're an adult. I know. So anyway, we haven't told anyone. I'm still at the airport. I go take breakfast. I go back to the car and I take a nap. And at this point, I think everything is sorted. And before I got, I, uh, you know, uh, I took a nap. I went again back to the office and I said, it's Qatar Airways for 3 p.m. Yes. Okay, I said, I'm not going to leave the airport. I will check in as early as one. I don't care, yeah. but I will check in as early as one just to avoid. Because yeah. he was telling me, we have done all your checks. You don't need it. You just need to go to the Qatar Airways desk. They need to just approve your ticket. You know, that's standard. Yeah, and yeah. see your visa and your supportive documents. And you need to go. Leave the luggage checking and everything for us we will do it through the system or something i don't know how airport system work but that's what the guy told me mm -hmm. and i go now take a nap thinking oh my everything is solved hmm, ruth this girl takes a nap wakes up at uh, around 15 minutes to one mm -hmm. i was just at the airport yeah. in the car park so we walk again with my luggage you see me Right now, I'm starting to get, you know, exhausted. I'm still yeah, not panicking yet. Yeah. So I, I don't go know how you in... manage not to panic. <laughs> no, I always go into, like, a survival mode. So I go in and I I realize that the Qatar Airways, you know, Qatar Airways is like those big airbus. So mm. we are so many. And the line is, I don't know, like, it's very long queue. I wait on that queue for half an hour. I get there. And Qatar Airways are like British Airways, like those strict Airways. Mm -hmm. If it's three, it's three. If they are closing the gate at half two, it's half two. There's no two way about yeah. it. Anyway, I go in, I go, I get to my, it gets to my turn. And the lady looks at my, 
things and she like she's like yes you have everything physical but in our system nothing is updated so you're not on our plane oh. because <laughs> that guy you know he printed an, another air ticket for me yeah that says Qatar Airways she said you're not in the system they didn't transfer you you're not you need to solve that with whoever you were working with you're not in the system what <laughs> Hey. You know me, that would be like, do you know what, thank you very much for your help. I'm going back to where I come from. <laughs> at this point, I will not lie, at this point I was thinking, maybe this was not meant to be, you know. Jesus Christ, two times. Two times, and the lady, they are very strict, to be honest. Get closed as I was trying to reach to the person I was talking to, his left office, and now the lady advises me and says, just go to our, before, because we have some time, just go to our Qatar Airways agency, like mm -hmm. in the airport, the, like the help desk, mm -hmm. talk to them, see if they can lie us with Kenya Airways mm -hmm. as soon as possible to get all your details transferred. That way I'll check you in with no problem. I go to that guy, he says, there's nothing I can do. It's about oh Kenya God. Airways to do something. Are you it's, it's, I cannot, and she, he told me, he was kind of arrogant, sorry, but he says, are you asking me to hack into Kenya Airways system? <laughs> to get to, into our system? I cannot do that. Because this is like something deeper than me. They have to transfer your details and also the money that you paid them as an air ticket, you know. I agree. You have all the documents and I can see. You're rightful. But how I'm going to check you in when you're not in the system? It, it never works like that. Some of us didn't have such traumatic experience coming into the UK. You know that. I know. And I want uh, the overseas nurse to comment on our platforms, which is Scrubs and Stories podcast in all our platforms. That is Instagram, uh, YouTube. YouTube, and all uh, podcast platforms, yeah. Spotify, Apple, all those kinds. Yeah. Please comment. And give us your very interesting or traumatic experiences when coming abroad. Because I believe I'm not the only one with... Someone might have a different one. But I people... hope you're the only one because <laughs> the reason why I'm saying I hope you're the only one going through this. Yeah. Imagine if all nurses that are coming to England to help our system had to go through this. Yeah, but you see now it's kind of an airport situation now. It's, it's nobody's fault at this point. The airport faults, like the airport management, yeah. how they are doing their things. It needs to be a smooth system. Anyway, at this point, Ruth, it's sinking into me like I was not meant to be. And I am one person who believes in intuitions. Like, mm. And all the, those. The first instinct you yeah. had in the morning. I was so happy, but when it got to morning, I was just feeling like something is not right. Something is not right. And I couldn't anyway tell anyone that because you tell people that and they will be like, oh, oh don't just... be negative, you're anxious, you know, know, you'll be fine. I know. So um, I go, uh, I go to the guy, he tells me he cannot hack. And at this point, I am now getting tired. I'm now more tired than frustrated mm. because, you know, I haven't slept. And yeah. for a whole week, I was up and down, up and down trying to fix things i had to think of how to move some stuff from my house to sort my sister because a bit of my sister's life was also attached to, to my yeah. life so i need to sort her out i needed her. all those things you know moving abroad is not something you're gonna wake up and say okay i'm picking my handbag and leaving yeah and then you had i think you had like a short time to plan because 
they called you for your visa on Wednesday and they wanted you in the UK the following Wednesday. Yeah, because the visa is the one that delayed. It was supposed to, I think, be out within seven working days, but it came out after 14 working days because we had the holidays in Kenya and all those yeah. It happens. I know it happens. Which, anyway, it's no one's fault. But anyway, at this point, the guy says, actually, he looks at the clock dramatically. Actually, they are closing the gates now, so I don't think you're gonna go. For the second time? For the second plane. Remember now, it's 3 p.m. Third time. <laughs> On that. And I am still at the airport. I call my auntie and she, she tells me, what happened? I said, you, our, okay, let me not say you, but our... Um, Helper. Kenya Airways people and I'm not trying to paint a bad picture on the airline that's just my personal experience yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. I'm allowed to say my personal experiences which I understand it could be a system problems but on me it didn't feel like that it felt like everything is working against me at yeah. this point um, and so <laughs> anyway I go uh, I call my auntie and she's like with a very you know that voice, you know, like, Sweden, come. What happened? Like, what happened this time around? Because she can see I'm still calling me the camera. Number. <laughs> I said, um, they didn't transfer my details. So my details are still reading Kenya Airways, and there is no way I'm on the Qatar Airways system. And she said, You can't be serious. I said, Yes. That's exactly what is happening. And now at that point, concurrently something is happening. I'm getting calls from my agency to confirm that truly I'm going to land at this time. When you can't even land because you're still in the <laughs> departure. Which I'm not even sure that I will ever land. Because at this point, you cannot have like two planes leaving mm. you, to be honest cannot to be honest it never happened to me that mm. anyway my auntie still makes jokes still this day she keeps saying you should write a book about your experience going to uk <laughs> because it was it was out of this world anyway we go on <clears throat> i uh, what happens what happens oh so i go in and i tell my auntie the whole story and she's like okay at this point i'm really fed up i'm gonna buy you a ticket for the Qatar Airways and I'm not gonna do it even through like the airport people I'm gonna go to a trusted person they're gonna book you an, uh, a, a plane ticket directly to England we will sort the financial bit later, later. Yeah. but now we need you on that plane remember I have a contract and I kept now telling my auntie by the way auntie my agency is not really happy because she's she kept asking me like are you landing? Because everyone else has made confirmation they are uh, in their layovers. They have made confirmation because the plan was talk to us when you're in your first layover so we know what we are working on because mm. they also have to communicate with the yeah, airport. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean with the airport officials at Heathrow. It was like such a weird time which I also think my experience was not so pleasant because it was COVID times. Yeah. The systems were a bit lagging. You know, like yeah. there was not Traveling flow. During of... COVID, it wasn't an easy thing, you know. Yeah, so I think that's also, anyway, we can always give, we can always blame it on something. COVID. 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, my auntie says that and she tells me, I'm going to check online, see the next f uh, available Rebel flight. Flight. I'll put you on that flight. The rest we will talk about it. And my mom now is calling her, asking, did, uh, like me, she's mm -hmm. asking about me, did she tell you that she got to Qatar, Doha? Because until now, I was supposed to arrive oh, yeah. six hours after, but now it's almost now five, four o'clock in p.m. in Kenya. And my mom is like, mm, are you, were you traveling 12 hours or something? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? And... My auntie at this point doesn't know what to tell her, and she just tells her, "I know, I will, I will tell you, I will talk to you about it. Let me solve something because I think I'm doing something. I'll talk to you." Mm -hmm. And at this point, I decide to block her because I don't want her yeah, to, to try. Yeah, call you, and then it will go through, and then she will start wondering why she the will phone... panic. Why I am at this point? Why I am not in UK? Exactly. So anyway, I decide to tell my sister. Uh, I am I'm still at the airport, but it's nothing bad. You don't have to yeah. package my information. If anyone gets an attack. Exactly, in a very less panicky way. So I tell my sister, just so you know, um, I am still at the airport. Something happened with my visa, but it's, it's everything is okay. I'm gonna be on the next flight mm -hmm. to Qatar. I'll, I'll talk to you when I get to Qatar and yeah. uh, to Doha. Anyway, she says okay. I hope you're safe. And she said, Do you want me to come? I said no. I have someone. But anyway, I'm also in contact with my auntie. She books me next Qatar Airways flight, which is one a.m. Ruth. One a.m. So you basically did twenty six hours in the in the airport. Like from four to four, that's twelve. From another four, no, four to four, four yeah, to four yeah. a.m. to four p.m. is twelve, 12 hours, hours. Yeah. Plus, I think how many? There, it was yeah. not yet twenty-four hours, but getting to get. that <clears throat> in so, an airport. Yeah. So she she books me the flight. At this point, I I'm feeling even weird. At this point, I really don't want to come, to be honest. It has just been so much of a struggle. I am tired. Yes. Oh, I'm getting to the other story. <laughs> she books the flight. Everything is ready. And I decide, you know what? I'm actually going to go get one of the uh, airport officials as early as now because she managed to book it at 5 and the, the plane is at 1 a.m. So I'm going to get one of the Qatar airway officials you know like the people on the help yeah. desk talk to them ask them like to just go through my things and just check if i'm in the system because now i'm fed up yeah you know it was covid times ruth you need to have a negative covid swap. covid test but mine was done when on oh, the second no. so it's expiring <laughs> <laughs> not even it's expiring it's already expired at this point because it's five yeah, because you had to do it... Only 12... I think at the time it was only 12 hours. You really... Because, you know, people were cheating. Yeah. You were testing situation. So the rule was you need to have 12 hours. Like, sorry, I'm curious. Did they do that in the airport? You had to go out. Story begins. Oh, my <laughs> God. This I now, the... It looks like we need a part two <laughs> of Agnes' edition, how to come into the UK. Yeah, that's... These are the kind of experiences like people go through, but they are smiling nurses out here. But you you never know what they went through anyway. So we 
Anyway, let's go on. Uh, it I know it sounds like a movie because every time I explain to people this story or I narrate this story, it sounds like unreal. <laughs> anyway, the guy tells me, oh, your COVID certificate. You need another COVID test. Oh, my God. And I said, do you guys do... They said, no, they burnt the airport one because now people were paying maybe someone to do everything because you're in a rush to go or oh some stuff God. like that. Because of all that kind of situation, they are not. Plus, you're going to the UK. They need very... on on, on the, huh? English Oops. is not my first language as well. By the way, you need to quote me every time you use that <laughs> word phrase. Authentic. Authentic yeah. uh, kind of test. And I say, oh, really? Yeah, and he said, I think you need to go to the town, like Nairobi town now, to, which is like a one-hour drive or more because of traffic. Now tell me how I'm calling my auntie a millionth time telling her I have another problem. Chai! <laughs> <laughs> no one up coming for do here. Eh? Hey, my God! Is this what the Italian will say, Madremia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia, Madremia! Mamma mia, Madremia! This at this point, ma, the stars are not aligning, Ruth. I'm going for greener pastures, but they are not greening. <laughs> they are not really things. The stars are not aligning, and at this point, I'm really thinking that everything is working against me. And at that point, I actually felt, I got to the point where I was like, I'm That's fine, it. I'm fine, I'm gonna stay, it's fine, I'm just gonna uh, apologize to the agency, or if they need me to pay a certain fee, I'll do something at this point, I'm done. That's it, I'm done, I'm staying here, mm. homeland forever. I know, I, I, at that point, I'm tired anyway, mentally, physically, what else? Anyway, uh, I call my auntie, thank you auntie, she knows, if she watches this, she knows. <laughs> anyway, I call Christ. her again, she says, what happened, we have a plane at 1am. Are you excited now? I said at this point, I don't know. And she was laughing, telling me, yeah, write a book. And I said, before I write the book, auntie. I need a COVID test. We have a problem. She said, what happened? I need a COVID test because that one expired. She was like, oh my God. It's now five, like almost now 5.30. Mm. Where will we get a test that on short notice? It's, it's past work hours. And she was thinking, before you go to the town, get a test come and it's not gonna come out immediately you, you know need to wait. you need to wait a couple of hours and your flight was at 1 a.m 1 a.m and I, at this point i need to check in very early like early like even four hours before just to make mm -hmm. sure everything is mm -hmm. right she says oh my god let me call any of my friends good thing she works in the, in the healthcare industry so okay. she she could she knows no. like uh where to go and she had even a few people to call in there. and they said oh there is a medical center just around 15 minutes or 10 minutes away from the airport she needs to go but she needs to pay a lot of money yeah because it's um fast, fast. so i went there and now i'm panicking because if this messes me up this is a bad if you're positive mate it's, it's, it's over again it's over and again i have interacted how many people uh, how many people had i interacted with so many at this point trying to solve my issues yeah and oh. i'm like if i turn positive it's over and if this results delays i'm it's finished over. 
it's over for me, Ruth. It's over. And at this point, I was not even willing to put on a fight. Yeah, you're just... <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, so I went there and I, I gave my name. And it's good. You know, sometimes also life works in very amazing ways. I get there. The lady at the receptionist, uh, she takes my name, everything, and she asked me, oh, so what do you need done? I said, I need a COVID test done, and I'm traveling tonight at 1 a.m. So I need that test even as early as 8 o'clock because I need mm -hmm. to really check in early. I have had a lot of problems that I'm not going to explain to you. I'm in these same clothes for I don't know how long. Honestly, I just need this done. She said, oh, okay. And she said, okay, wait there. And I wait, and as I was waiting, I was like, I hope a miracle can just happen. Because she said, oh, but that's very soon. I don't know if we can get that. Hopefully, we don't have so many patients waiting mm. to be for the same thing. Yeah. Hmm? Anyway, uh, I didn't know she was also a nurse. It was now night shift for them. So I didn't know like she was a nurse because she was at the reception. Yeah, yeah. So so she could have been the receptionist. Yeah, so and she and when I was seated there she kept glancing at me and I could see she wanted to talk to me but I didn't know what. Mm -hmm. And at this point, Ruth, do you think I am even in a point of starting a conversation? No. No, I am not. So I just sit there waiting and she comes and asks me, Can I just ask you something? Are you a nurse? I said, Yeah, I'm a nurse. Are you going abroad uh, for a job? I said, yeah, I'm going to the UK for a job. She said, oh, wow, I'm also doing, the, I'm, I'm on the process. I said, oh, I can guide you in whatever you want. <laughs> Only not <Absolutely>. today. <laughs> Give me your number. When I get there, I'll tell you. She said, oh, okay, that, that, that would be really amazing because she said where well, she's lost with the exams and everything and the booking kind of system. I said, don't worry. Once I get to the UK, I'll help you. Out. I'll help you. Guess what this girl did? She, she went, out. talked to the doctor, and said, "We have a nurse on the lineup. She really needs to get to the UK, and she's missed two flights already. We need to fast track her because all the other people, their flights are like from three a.m. Please fast track it for her, and her contract starts. So she really needs to get there. And the doctor did that. Believe it or not." You were on that plane. At eight at eight PM I had my COVID results and at this time I didn't at this point I didn't waste any time. I went straight to the airport. I checked in. I didn't like I was the first one to check in for that Qatar And I go in. Story short now I get to Qatar Doha. I am so tired, Ruth. I am so tired. And now the battles in my mind like Whatever have another, you know, now I am like kind of traumatized. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whatever have another situation in Hydro. What do I do? What do I do? And I kept calling my auntie and telling her, like, please stay on the phone because me, I think when I get to Hydro, they are bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need me. They really don't need me. She said, no, trust the process. <coughs> and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be smooth. Yeah. Yeah, the road doesn't have to be smooth. That's what I say. Every good thing doesn't come easily. Yeah, so, yeah. But that one is even... Yours is beyond. I you know, know you have the extremities. Yours is just... <laughs> That's too much. Yeah, we have a range of, you know, things that can happen. And she kept, even today, she keeps joking, like, you need to write a book about that story anyway. But that story, I, I will come to where, how significant that story is for me. Uh, so I, I come in, Qatar Doha was okay. I come in in kind of like an empty plane. We are just a few people in an airbus and I have 
three row thing for me in Katari Airways. I'm not advertising them because they have not paid me to do so, but <laughs> they are really nice. They keep the drinks and the food coming. <laughs> And the way to my heart. You just need to tell people that's one of your qualities. This yeah. girl loves food. <laughs> I don't know what she puts it, but... Yeah, they shouldn't ask about their size anymore. Anyway, yeah, but... don't be deceived. Yeah, so every time they kept anyway, and that helped me a little bit, we will say. But I come to Heathrow. My process at Heathrow was amazing. Uh, it's a story, I know. Uh, it's a story I'll say about another day, but that one is not for today. It's another part, two or three. But anyway, <laughs> we get to Heathrow. Might not be what I expected, but I get in here good uh, in good time because they had to book me a second bus with mm -hmm. a different batch of mm -hmm. nurses. And they got me to my hotel and I was excited. Now I'm at the hotel. But on the other end, my mom is panicking. But my auntie, bless her, she's really dealing with that situation back home. And get to the hotel. I check in. Everything is alright. Everything is good. And I go in. At this point, Ruth, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to know just anything. just want to sleep. I want to sleep. I want to just take a shower and sleep. And the lady at the reception, I can give you food. No. At this point, I don't need... Anyway, Qatar Airways, bless them, they've done a good job at feeding me for those six hours to London. Anyway, I go in, and the following day was like a relaxing day. And at this point, it hasn't hit me like I'm in quarantine. The rules have not really <laughs> sink in. Quarantine, there was no coming out. So when for you ten days, to a room? A room. For ten days? For ten days. You were allowed, for those people that were in hotels where they had like a garden, they were, like, they were allowed to walk. But you individually, you cannot walk with anyone. But the place I was, they did have a garden. So I was really confined into a room. And every, like after that day, you had to do a COVID test. Then I, I think after the fifth day and the second last day or something, they had, they needed to all be negative. Hi. If not, the quarantine continues. Continues, you know. COVID times was hard. I COVID times were hard. Even traveling, like everything, was just difficult. Now I'm in a room that I'm not coming out of. I have just gone through all this weird situation. I am in a room. I know no one in the UK. At the, okay, I know someone, but at that point we were not we were not as friends. I was just asking her because I was referred to by someone. Mm -hmm. How is life and everything? How did she do? I have no UK line. I have nothing. I have not even changed my money. Imagine. I have not even changed my money. So, anyway, at that point, uh, another culture shock for the nurses that are coming. And for those who want to comment uh, in our comment section how they found it. But now the other shocker route is the, the food. food. Hmm. <laughs> they bring me food <laughs> and I was sandwich. like, um, sorry, what's this? How am I supposed to eat this? And immediately, but uh, I, I called my mom and I told her about it, and she was like, oh my god, do you wanna come back because my, my your auntie. Uh, told me like what you went through like it's okay we come didn't, back, we didn't really we didn't chase you to go to that country actually it was your choice to go abroad do you want to come back we can take care of you and i said no if i've gone through all oh, that this, yeah. honestly this will manage but in quarantine you're alone you're not I actually watched all movies on Netflix, I think, at that point, <laughs> somehow. Like, I had to keep my 
brain goes. Yeah. Anyway, to cut story short, I managed to do the 10 days. I was negative. They get me. Anyway, my story is very interesting. Now you get, they need to uh, arrange for a driver to get you from London to, to the hospital you're yeah. working to. So I get this man. We had like kind of a language barrier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, English so is not a first language, guys. As well, for them as well. So it was kind of difficult for us to to communicate. And when we got close to the place I was going, the guy became so furious, saying, "Oh, they didn't tell her that. Uh, they didn't tell him that he needed to go this far. He doesn't even know." And I said, "I'm sorry, sir. That's not my problem." And the guy threatened to leave me in the town center, <laughs> and I'm new. I don't know. Where I'm going, I don't even have a UK line. I don't have Wi-Fi. I have nothing. In the town center. I know there were other ma many ways of me so getting... So from in. London to where you work, you mm. wanted to leave you at the town center of your... The place I'm working. But you know town center and the hospital are two different places. Yeah. But he said, no, I cannot keep going through. They didn't. And I said, that's not my problem. And I told him, sir, I'm really sorry. That's not my problem. But that this time, if you don't realize, I'm new here. Where do you want me to go? Anyway, I told him, I'm going to take your number plate and everything because this is very unacceptable. Yeah. If they hired you to take me to wherever. Just take to. me. And I think I think he thought he would get away with it yeah. and just leave me. Anyway, story short, he gets me to where I was going. <laughs> we get other stories happen, but that is not important. Life had to move on and now the whole situation of trying now to blend in <laughs> the situation of trying to learn your environment the situation of trying to understand the food the culture the the, the weather, weather. <clears throat> and another thing that people need to know when you come as an overseas nurse they just don't put you to the wards immediately again we have to go through something we call the oskis exam Mm. where they need to test your skills. Uh, as you know, England or the NHS is very um, cautious. Is mm. it cautious or they're really into patient safety? So yeah. they need to make sure that your skills are, you know, acceptable and yeah. high-level skills yeah. to manage to come in and give Safe quality care. care. So we come and we have to go through OSCEs. Remember, you're trying to adjust adapt adjust all these things you have you actually have no family nothing and you're still studying you're still studying for the this. exam you know because after you pass that exam that's when you get put onto the preceptorship course and that's where we met yeah, yeah. so and then they will give you the pin the nmc pin yeah. to say that the we are happy UK with her skills yeah. um she can go now to the ward and we do the OSCEs by God's grace. I also was panicking. You know how exams are mm. and everything. And I just felt like my mind was not in the right place for everything. And That happened. Yeah, yeah. My mind was just... But anyway, by God's grace, I managed to pass the exam. They gave me the pin. And I went a bit to the ward before I came to the preceptorship mm -hmm. where we met. Um, and basically, that's my story. But that's just the few... That all that I've explained is something that happened within only six weeks, maybe. Only six weeks. And the big journey now begins in okay. 
six weeks is never enough for anyone to adjust is never enough so but i've gone all th through this and every nurse every nurse has to go through the oskis i yeah, don't know their traveling the, yeah. uh, situations and now i know it's a bit different because it's no covid so yeah, no one it's has a bit to easier yeah has to go through quarantine but for those who went through quarantine i know they can relate with some of the things i'm saying i feel for you to be honest you know, I know it wasn't it wasn't simple i know people will look at you especially people who are back home or here sometimes people will look at you with some kind of admiration that oh you managed to come here you're now working and sometimes people might also take you for granted but they just don't know the behind this, yeah. scenes of what you had to go through to even get to the ward mm. so I am shown to the ward that I'm going to yes, uh, shock of your life. and uh, at this point I am thinking where do I start <clears throat> and I know in this podcast we will talk about more on how 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 the support is like. Mm. But at the time, I feel like it was a 50-50 for me. Some people were very supportive and some people would, were, I don't know how to say it. And that's not a ward problem or the hospital that I was in. It was about my colleagues that I was working with. I had to go through kind of a very stressful situation trying to ask trying and you know sometimes you might ask too much and people will tell that you ask too many questions and oh. they will feel bothered you know yeah but something you need to understand the nurse coming here we have the skills but the the reality is different it's different remember i've not worked in a ward for a while yeah. the only time i had worked in the ward is 2018 and i came to the uk in 2021 yeah. yeah, because 2018 was the internship period. Yeah. So for two over two and a half years, I had not worked in the world. It was only accident and emergency. So it was quite very different. The technology, the paperwork. I, I was so lost anyway, story short. I was so lost for like the first two, three months that I was feeling like I'm going into like a kind of... Um, how like I was developing some kind of anxiety from yeah. some somewhere, you know. I was always anxious, and then you have like a, an unseen pressure mm -hmm. to deliver because yeah. you're an overseas nurse. You feel like you need to prove a point mm. that you're able to do your job. Yeah, your sk skills. When when someone asks you which country are you from, you don't know. You feel like you're a face to your country, country yeah, to the skills. You know what I mean. I know it's not like that, but it's very That's human you, yeah. to feel like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like if you are maybe from a certain group and you need to go somewhere else, you'll always feel like I'm, I'm representing this group. This group is yeah. the same thing. I don't want people to say, oh, Kenyan nurses are like this. Oh, mm -hmm. no. I know it's, it's very human for me to yeah. feel that way. And I had this pressure. And when I came in, there was this notion of everyone reminding you that you're going to lose your pin. <sighs> And that was scaring me shitless, to be honest. Sorry for using that word. Sorry. I hope our editor will, you know, do the thing. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> it's okay. But it used to scare me. Like, every time someone used to tell, you need to do this. I know I have to do it. Someone, that, But someone doesn't have to bring in that thing of, you're going to lose your pain. Because that one was giving me anxiety. You know what? I'm... 
that's something that I experienced as well as a newly qualified nurse. Yeah. I was constantly reminded on the ward, like sometime by my by some of my colleagues, by some of the way people act around me, that at any moment in time I can lose my pain. And this is what really scared me because I was like, I don't think I'm practicing like recklessly, like I know what I'm meant to do. Mm. But you know, I always said that experience is power. When when you experience like you kind of have a bit of like confidence, power, mm. you know. But as newly qualified as a newly qualified nurse at that time, like I don't have the experience that people of five years, ten years have. That's very true. So and constantly you get reminded, oh, just be careful because if you keep doing this, you're going to lose your pain. You can lose your pain. You can lose it. And it wasn't even, the things that were happening were not patient safety. It was like maybe um, you need to add a care plan to mm. the patient notes mm. or you've used the wrong care plan, mm. you know? Yeah. And I feel like uh, to add on to that point, it's okay to tell someone they need to always practice very safe care because yes. that's that's number one we are there for patient safety and offering the best quality care we can do for our patients mm -hmm. that is worldwide whether you are reminded or not you know that that's your responsibility mm -hmm. but i feel like there's a m more support that you need someone will tell you instead of doing this you can do one two three and this way you're gonna yes you, you're gonna deliver quality care but this one will be the best fit for this patient, for yeah. example. If it's simple things like, not really simple because they are major, let me not say anything in nursing is simple, but our daily routine things, the ones we need to do, oral care, for example, for people working in the ward, I, I might be doing it differently, but with the same, how do you say it, with the goal. same goal. Yeah. It's just, not tell me, if you don't do that because you're not documenting it in this way, you're going to lose your pin. No. Yeah. Let's be very supportive around showing people what they need to do, but not always giving them that anxiety. Because we already know, when NMC gives you uh, the pin, I'm so sure you receive the same. They yeah. give you ethics, yeah. codes and ethics of practice, yeah. everything, and they will put it clear what they expect from, from you. you yeah. uh, the same, when you're doing the hospital contract, you got your job description, you got your do's and your don'ts. I know, so you, you really know. And the, the also the beautiful thing about the system here, they also put you in practice, like they you go through the OSCE program, mm -hmm. for them to ascertain that you have the rightful skills. Yeah. So you literally, you've gone through so many steps. And before you came here, you had done even, you know, the, the written exams, mm -hmm. the, we call it, the CBT exam. I don't know how it's in full computer-based test. Yeah. It's just asking you about nursing questions and everything. So they've done so much at this point by the time you're getting to the ward to ascertain that you have the right skills, you know. But anyway, I go to the ward and I go through all that process of adjusting. And to be honest, I don't know if nurses out there can relate, especially overseas nurses or even newly qualified because me, it's for kind me, of the same. For me, it was it was still daunting, but I cannot compare to what you've gone through. Because as I said earlier on, I had my last placement was on that ward. Yeah, so you so were familiar. I, so I already made like connection with people. Mm. Um, I had a supernumerary um, 
period time yeah. where I was allocated someone to work with, yeah. someone that I was shadowing, mm -hmm. you know, for a period of time. Yeah. So my experience is, I can't compare my experience to yours, but it was still daunting because now I had to transition from being a student nurse yeah, to, to actually a registered nurse, nurse with a pin. Yeah. Although I was still shadowing people, but now you could feel... I was accountable yeah, exactly. and responsible for my action. Mm. It's kind of similar kind of feeling because at this point when I'm here, I feel like I'm also newly qualified person, yeah. if you know what I mean, yeah. because I'm new and it's not my familiar environment. And I think at that point, through my stresses in the ward and everything, I had people who were supportive, to be honest. Don't get me wrong. There are people who are amazing. And to this day, I will tell them a million and one thank yous and do something and for I them. And I think that's in everything. That's in life. Like, you have... I won't use the word nice. You know, for me, the word is mm -hmm. manners. Because <laughs> there are people with manners. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are people with no manners. I know what you mean and it's about just thinking I have a saying in life and that's how I approach life mostly put yourself in that person's situations because no one was born on us no one no one was born on us no to be honest and you can never finish to, like nursing is like a job that you're always learning I know like every year there's research paper about something what makes you think that the way you were practicing 15 years ago and you can see it through the history of nursing like the first, even like, you know, the way the first black nurse, um, Mary Seiko, was mm -hmm. practicing, or yeah. Florence Nightingale was practicing, it's not what we're doing now. It's very different. Because it's different. It's an evolving kind of career. Yeah. Research is being done. It's an evidence-based career. So yeah. as research is being done, and we are getting facts and evidences of the, this research, things have to change at the end of the day. So all through that time, and this is where now, my hardship, situation in the airport I kept reminding myself if I went through that in those few hours however stressful it was I had then again came into quarantine it was very stressful because anyone who knows also anyone who knows me knows I'm an, an extrovert I like being around people mm. so being enclosed for 10 days is not the best kind of even mentally and I'm in a new place where I know no one and I'm in this kind of lost zone I always reminded myself, if I went through all that, then every day, no matter the challenges I used to face, no matter the unsupportive kind of uh, environment or aura I got myself into, um, I always reminded myself, like, I'm stronger than this, you mm -hmm. know. And now that's where we say everything happens for a reason. And Definitely. we ever had this conversation with my auntie and she told me, Sometimes things happen for you to a little bit harden up. Yeah. So uh, as you're able to take upon uh, other challenges. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about uh, even nurses. The resilience. The you resilience have to, yeah. that all the nurses are putting through. All the things they have to go through. And as we said earlier, as we started this podcast, we will explore these triumphs, these challenges. And situations that nurses are going through behind the scenes yeah. and that's why I decided to also give my story you know to see behind a smiling person because someone 
who didn't know that story, you'll just see me in the world or wherever I practice and know that, oh, she's doing all right, she's smiling, she's yeah. having good life, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm going through so much. And this is just to show you, there's, there's so much that goes on. And it, okay, now that we are nurses, we're going to talk about nurses, yeah? Mm -hmm. There's so much that is going through in the lives of nurses, mm. even outside career, you know, yeah. because even my struggles at the airport or other struggles, those were outside my career. Yes. It had nothing to yeah. do with my career, yeah. but somehow it's affected me, my environment. And I have to come stay with other people that I don't know, oh, that yeah. I'm trying to learn English. We speak English in Kenya, but you know, the accent is a bit different. Mm. And I'm trying to learn all this, you know, even your body gets into some kind of a shock. Mm. That's just life. And this is also to encourage so many nurses. I know my experience might not be your, their experience yeah. or your experience. But if they see it as, okay, this is what she went through, but mm. she still managed yeah. to overcome all these challenges. Because, like, it's not going to be an easy path, you Never. know. Never. It's never going to be. Like, imagine you're living in another country, coming to another one with, like, different culture, different way of seeing things, you know. Like, for me, I can say, because I lived most of my life in Italy. Yeah. Like, in here, they have this uh, politeness, like, um, hello, you know. Yeah. Like, in Italy, it's like, yeah, they're <laughs> very strict. Like, <laughs> you know, you just say your mind right like respectfully yeah but people in italy are more direct than people that's what i think are more direct in i think in the uk for them is manners it's not being polite it's manners you need to be kind of polite you need to say good morning how um, I, you know what i mean that's yeah. a topic going on today. i don't <laughs> think everyone here says good morning guys. yeah but it's because it's how they've grown up it's it's their yeah, kind of doing i, I do understand but manners are manners it's like you have like, let's say, for example, you have set rules in this life, yeah? Mm -hmm. For example, I'm going to make something very silly. You go, you come back <laughs> from home. Mm -hmm. Before COVID, I don't know, people never used to do that. But now with COVID, everyone is trying to wash their hands, you know? Entry, yeah. For example, if you, you use the toilet, you, you wash your hands. So mm -hmm. there are things that are set. You see someone that you work with, especially, you just say good morning because... If you don't say good morning to me when you see me in the changing room, yeah, and then you need me to sign something for you, like, are you not going to feel a bit odd? No. Really? <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, not for me, but for, for them, for them it, it's it's not as, as obvious as you, as you may think it should be, because some people, let me tell you, and as I said, and now that you say that point, I'll tell you something. Uh, it's weird because... People are going through so much rule to a point. It no, wait. No, 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 wait. Someone can be so absent-minded, Ruth. You can see them in that changing room. And they cannot see you. They have their eyes open, Ruth, but they cannot even see you. Me, I get such, such... I'm so absent. Like, I have something in my mind. Or so much Every in my day, mind. 365 days a, a day. To be no, honest, to be honest with you, like, when I came... I think people will think I'm a snob because I was just existing. <laughs> to, to be honest, I was just existing. There was so much going through my mind that it didn't even click to me that 
I need to say hi because in every situation I used to find myself, my brain was just like I need to be in a survival mode. How am I gonna? How am I gonna know where the town center is? How am I gonna do this? How am I? Remember, I'm by myself. I have mm. no one to ask. So at that point, if someone was to judge me at that point, you would say, mm, Agnes is a very snobbish person. You know, they they don't say hi. They, but. I am just trying to survive each day at a time, bruv. I know later on, I also, I know what you mean. And also where I'm from, the culture is you need to, you know, say hi to people just to create. You don't need to create anything. It's manners. It's manners. Why do we have manners? It's to create kind of an environment for us to coexist. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's what I'm it's, saying. It's, that's what I'm saying. Like, for me, yeah, as I said, from Italy... Because even when I came to the UK, there was things that I need to adjust to. Like, for example, in Italy, <laughs> when you get into the bus, you don't say hello to your driver. No. You're, you'll be lucky if your driver doesn't tell you to, you know. But yeah, when, I came here, yeah. when I came here, you think I'm going to go on the bus and not say hello to the driver? I am going to say hello. Because that's how they do their things. Yeah, and when I get off, I'm going to say thank you. Yeah. Because I'm adjusting. And I think that maturity... You, I think in every place where you travel, and I think by traveling, it also like opens your mind. There's things that you need to adapt. Oh, that's that's that's. You know, you true. can't be in a country for like ten years, mm. and I'm still living as if I'm in Italy. That's I'm taking true. the bus. I'm getting off, and you know what? It even happens to me now that when I go back to Italy, I'm saying hello when I and the bus driver looking at me like, "Are you alright? Why are you saying hello <laughs> to me?" And I'm saying thank you. And they're looking at me and like, is she okay? I know. But it's, it's something a... that I think is actually nice mm. to do, yeah. you know? Mm. It's something, there are so many things like we can sit here and talk about like things we have had to really change and yeah. work on as people from other countries, which is also not a very easy process. I know it looks like a process where I just need to see and start doing. No. But it's basically it's not. not because, you know, if you've been somewhere for longer, yeah, like 10 years, 20 years, for example, like me, my other 20 years have been there. And then I come here. Of course, Don't I have... close the age. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> anyway, so I have to adjust. And all through that, uh, my experiences, I feel like they've sharpened me to whoever I am now. Mm. I, am, I am always taking challenges head on, Ruth. I am ready for those challenges because something I have gathered is that nothing will ever come easy. Nothing. We there there will always be challenges because life doesn't work the way we would like. If it did, we all would be in different situations in Definitely. life. But it's also about the question of encouraging uh the thing to encourage most nurses that whatever you're going through outside work or within work, take it on as a challenge and yeah. believe it that you can actually overcome that yeah, challenge. Yeah. People have even found themselves in legal situations as nurses, and those are some of the many, many stressful situations mm. that can happen within work, for example. Mm. Something mm -hmm. that you didn't intend to happen, and it, it happens, happens because no one chooses something like that. Yeah. Um, it's just believe it in yourself, and if you did everything right, and that's the other thing. Always work to achieve the very best for your patient. Yeah. Make sure that you've done everything right and everything in the way you would like someone else to, to do. do. Yeah. Everything else, take it head on and just know, as they always say, as day comes, night has to come. 
Yeah. yeah, so that's your night kind of period. Mm. A day is coming. Your day just is to, coming. Yeah, yeah, and it's just to appreciate uh, nurses out there because we know <laughs> life is happening. The job is not easy. Don't let anyone... <laughs> do you know what? Now I can sit back and say I love my job and I actually do. Mm. But the journey... is tough, to be oh. honest. It's tough. Which now, as we conclude... We, I would like to know, like, how has your journey been? You know, yeah. that transition of you being um, a newly qualified from just as as you finished uni, uni stepped into the real, li- stepped into the real life, and hmm. you having my experience will be different because I didn't study here, but you have studied here. Yeah. So tell me how the transition was like, and how it was like for you. Like, what was the experience like? Like. It's hard to tra- transition from a student nurse to actually a registered nurse. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean by now you've got real patient. They are not your mentor's patient. Mm. They are your patient. Mm. And you go into the shift. You go and introduce yourself to your patient. And <laughs> if they need anything, they're not calling your mentor. They're calling you. If they need anything, you are the person that you need to help them. Mm. And then, as I said, if you have experience, you might have... Because for me, I had a routine in my head. Because I was on the world. Because also when I was a student, I worked as a healthcare assistant as well. Uh, so I was like banking shift on different worlds to see like, learn a little bit more, you know. Mm. So I had a routine in my head. Mm. Go in the morning, take your hand over, go and help your patient with their washes if... They need if they're not independent yeah. that they need support. Um morning meds. You know what round will happen mm. if there's anything that needs doing, if you need to send this to the lab, if you need to take blood, if you need to do this. And at the same time while I'm doing this, I'm also doing training as a newly qualified nurse. Mm. So I had to do my cannulation, mm. I had to do um the preceptorship course, mm. you know, I had to learn the device. But for me, it was a bit easier because I was a health assistant in you the same were trust. Familiar with so some of these things. I was familiar with some of the equipment. Mm. Then I had placement, and you know, in the placement, although you have like twelve weeks, now they've changed. Now the curriculum for nurses are a bit different. But I was on the old curriculum, so I had twelve week of placement in two areas um, over the year. So I had twenty four weeks of placement. Some of the placement were like very quick. So by the time you're actually getting adjusted to the placement, you need to move on to your next. Mm. And you know how busy nurses are. Like, plus having a student, you need to look after the patient. You need to look after the student as well. So sometimes, I like now I know like it wasn't easy on the nurses. It's like they need to explain to you, make sure that you you understand what you're meant to do. They need to come and regularly check on you to make sure that you're doing the right thing. You know. Mm. And it's not easy, you know, because when I qualified as well, like after a year, they started giving me students as well. Mm. But I think for me, what make it easy, easier for me was like, I always used to tell my student, if, you're, if I'm asking you to do something and you don't know how to do it, don't worry. Just ask me. I'll show you. Mm. It's easier that way. Mm-hmm. Don't don't feel too like don't feel scared of telling me. Oh, I don't know how to. And I said, don't try to impress me mm. because you might want to impress me at the death 
detriment of a patient. That's very true. That's you know? very true. We're here to learn. I said, even me, I'm still learning, you know. Mm -hmm. And with nursing, you can never stop learning. That's very true. And to add on that, I think, just to relate with the students, uh, whoever will listen to us, it's okay to feel stupid. And that's a thing we really need to emphasize it's, it's not, okay yeah. it's okay to feel stupid because i this know is something new yeah i know there's always that feeling and i also experience when you finish uni and you come into nursing and they give you a registration now you know you're a registered nurse you always feel like oh i need to have all these skills in my head because no, no and you don't wanna i me i battled with that feeling of i don't want to feel stupid but let me tell you as a student, as a transitioning nurse or newly qualified, it's okay to feel stupid. And, and in feeling stupid, that is what will prompt you to ask. Yeah. And guess what? When you ask, you're building up on your skills and someone will show you and you're building on your skills. And I tell people, even the students that I work with, most of the time, your first one year, two years is the best time to always ask and is the best year to look stupid because that way you can get away with um, I'm, I'm just newly qualified. You can get away with that yeah. and people are willing to, to teach, teach you. you. Yeah. But you're going to get away with it when you're two years old into mm -hmm. the career and yet you move on without knowing so much because you tried to impress and show people that you know but yet you don't know. Or you might know how to do it, but you don't know the rationale why mm -hmm. you're doing yeah. it. So one day the patient will ask something, and guess what? You have nothing to, to answer. Yeah. yeah, so it's okay. As students, as newly qualified, it's okay to feel that kind of feeling. I know not everyone wants to feel it, but that is what... There's nothing wrong with it. There is nothing wrong, and everyone experienced that. I don't think And you know, my mentor it. used to tell me this. She said, because I always used to tell her, Oh, sorry if I'm asking so many questions. I don't want to do anything wrong. And she said, Ruth, I prefer some, a student that will always ask me things than those students that I have that they know it all, mm -hmm. but then they're not safe because they actually don't know it. Because yeah. to be honest, when you go to like, you do your degree, yeah, here in, the, in England, that's all I can like use, for example. Mm -hmm. What they teach you in the classroom is completely different from your placement. They call it simulated kind of learning. They are trying to simulate hmm. a ward kind of setup, but it can never get real until you're in the ward. I think that's 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 very general to all all places because you can never you can never put the ward in a class. Do you know what I mean? It's you just need to be Yeah, because we, we practice with those dummies. Do, do you guys practice? Yeah, yeah. The dummy is not talking to you, right? And you need to talk to them. But when you get to the ward, there are real questions from the patients. Yeah. And sometimes you need to deal with just not just questions. Uh, and I think uh, we, we, we have an episode of that, like how to deal with patients who are just trying to create, to, uh, to talk to you about their own lives mm -hmm. and, and where you need to draw a line as a nurse yeah. and all that stuff. But now that's when now as a newly qualified nurse, you sit back and think, uh, I thought I'm coming to just give medications, you know, do all You know, this, this is something <laughs> I used to be really scared of. Patient asking me, what was the medication for? Mm. Because I don't know whether you guys in Kenya, you do pharmacology. Here you don't do it. All you do... You do like a medicine management mm -hmm. and then on your placement, if you have very good mentors and stuff and 
colleagues that help you, mm. they will tell you based on the department where you work or the speciality ah. where you work, there's different medication that you use, mm -hmm. you know. So if you're not cardiology ward, you will not use the medication that we're using on the surgical ward. So ah, they'll just try to make you comfortable around what we're using in our department. Yeah. So every time that I was doing medication, I used to write all the medication names. I used to go and lo look the side effects, first of all. Mm. Then I used to look how is he working, the mechanism mode mm. in the patient body. Mm. What is he trying to do? Mm. What is the medication for? And one day, I had the shock of my life. A new medication that was prescribed to the patient, I didn't have a clue. The patient asked me, oh... I've never had this medication before. What is it for? I'm looking at the patient. I'm looking at my mentor. I'm looking at the patient. And then she smiles at me. And I told the patient, I said, this is my first time I'm using this medication. Mm -hmm. But what would you? I will speak with my mentor to ask her because she's worked here longer. Yeah. And then I'll come back and I'll give you answer to your question mm. and that's one thing that i always do mm. if i don't know something you're not gonna i'm not gonna say some i'm on i'm gonna research it mm. or ask people like above me senior than me yeah so yeah i think it's very common us in kenya is a bit different because i will talk more of as a bachelor's like a degree nurse because in Kenya we have diploma nursing level and we have a degree nursing Yeah, that's here is only like a bachelor degree as well. Yeah, so both but even the diploma nurses actually do a bit of pharmacology only that is not too much. But mm. for us we have to do pharmacology. I think we did pharmacology whole of first year, second year and I think that year you have to do so many units of pharmacology. You need to understand. And because as we're doing general nursing, mm. you can imagine we have to learn medications of every speciality, speciality you know. And you have to be examined for three full years. Every semester you have a pharmacology unit. Every mm. semester, every semester, every semester. And when you're having the units of like systems like... Um, central nervous system they're gonna put in the pharmacology and we are not just learning like this medication is it's used no you have You're learning to know it with the body the yeah exactly and what's the rationale of giving what's the side effects how what 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 are the side effects that would actually make this patient even worse do you know some mm. they are like the pharmacokinetics yeah. we call them like that sorry it's a kind of a technical technical name but that's how it's called um, and then we're going to learn um, antidotes and all this. So pharmacology is something that we learned, which is something very different. Mm. So when I'm here, I'm able to answer more medical kind of questions. If patient is asking what is this medication about, because yeah. I know 80% there... Is it the generic name? I don't know. One yeah, of, it might not be names. the same, yeah, 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 but I know if I just read on what it is, I I know what yeah. it could be anyway. Also, it's something that you build up with experience yes. because even... That's what I'm always saying. Experience is power. I know. And also, I love that, that you're going to go research because, again, knowledge is power, you know. You know, when you know that is powerful for you, you have the knowledge and also for the patient. And yeah. guess what? When you are a nurse, people need to understand that when you are a nurse, you're not just for your patient. You end up being a nurse of your family. Do, or, you, know, 
some people in your family will be calling oh i have this problem they prescribe this what do you think about it yeah. they expect that you know and yeah. there's no way you're gonna be like I know yeah yeah so it's always good as you're progressing with your career please be that person who kind of kinds of researches so, yeah. learn more learn more equip yourself because mm. you never know even for yourself yeah you really never know so uh we can sit uh me and Ruth we can sit many here and hours. talk many many hours and so i think we gonna come to a conclusion yeah, about what can have a round up yeah a round up so guys uh i don't know if we introduced ourselves did we i think we did yeah uh did we oh, okay maybe anyway my name is Agnes and she is i'm Ruth yeah we're both scrub nurses Yes, as we said, and on all our platforms, we're just uh, starting this podcast, yeah. so all our platforms, we are Scrubs and stories. stories, we are really looking forward to interacting with you nurses and even the general public, not yeah. just nurses, for you to also give us your experiences, mm. we are happy to talk to uh, about them mm-hmm. on this podcast, please interact with us on the comment session and yeah. our today's topic is mostly for the overseas nurse and the yeah. newly qualified nurses yeah. we basically we are mostly based in the uk so we're yeah. gonna be referring to the uk most of the time but we are happy to hear from, from other yeah, nurses. different countries you know just pop in in the comment section tell us what your experience are share with us your stories you know and i think you might share something with us that we might implement it in our practice, you know. It might give us, like, a bit of boost to say, oh, look, someone else did it, we can do it, you know. And with this podcast, as Agnes said, we're just trying to empower nurses and, like, give nurses a voice, you that's, know. That's very true. So please interact with us. We are happy, happy, happy to talk about your stories because you never know what your story is gonna do to someone's life mm. especially uh, to a nurse or to a patient they might understand and also as we explore these challenges triumphs of nursing it helps people understand us better yeah. as medics as nurses yeah. and not just have like a fixed mentality of who a nurse is yeah. just to understand there's so much that goes around so guys Thank you so much for listening to us and until next time. Thank you very much. Please comment, subscribe and share. We are on, as Agnes said, um, Scrabbing Story on Instagram and also on our YouTube channel. See you next time. Bye. Adios. Bye. That was really good, guys. You know the light.